0: Welcome, everyone, to the Asian Voices radio podcast, where you'll find real Asian-American conversations about all things, including the topics you were too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I'm your host, Hula Ramos, and joining me today is my co-host, comedian Linda Schwartz. How are you doing today, Linda?
1: What up, Hula? I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Good. It's been a long time since I've seen you, uh, or I I don't think we've actually physically met. I think it's about time we need to physically (laughs) meet each other. Let's go do something. I'm I'm in, I'm in now that okay. this whole Karaoke you know pa- yeah, <laughs> yes because I for sure can sing. You can sing, girl. I try. No, you don't need to try because you can sing wonders. I'm just saying.
1: I, you just heard that little bit. You haven't heard me sing anything else but that little bit. So <laughs> you might change your mind after. <laughs>
0: If if you guys are all laughing at this conversation right now, you're going to laugh through this whole podcast because, Linda, we have a really special guest who's right up your Mm -hmm. alley, and we're going to be bringing the funny today with Kiki Young. She's a comedian, producer, actress, writer, director, and host. Her passion to create opportunities for Asian-American comedians led her to create Crazy Woke Asians, the always sold out comedy show featuring the funniest Asian American comedians in southern California please welcome Kiki young how are you doing Kiki
2: hi hula I'm doing great thanks for having me
0: no my I it's it's funny because um, way back in the day you interviewed me for Asian uh-huh. voices t- television show
2: you yes. were the one that was
0: grilling me so now now it's reversed now I, I get to grill you right
2: Yes, so excited. The tables are turned. <laughs> the
0: tables are turning right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's let's start from the beginning, real quick. Uh, uh, Kiki, let's talk about early on in life. Let's talk about your life in the beginning. Start from the beginning.
2: Oh, start from the well. I was born in Hong Kong. Um, yeah, from Hong Kong, and then um, I went to an all girls Catholic school. It was a convent school it was it was great and then uh, the teachers get mad very easily i remember one time they'll throw like a bible across the room at everybody and we all wore like uniforms and my mom would pick me up really late like every day like after everyone leaves i'm like inside the nun's convent you know they're cooking (laughs) and then i'm just sitting there looking at the cobblestone with the light bulb you know and, and and it's dark and we get out of school at like 2 and then my mom would show up at like 6 or (laughs) 7 and then they'll give me like a banana because they feel bad for me. (laughs) I always remember that. She really, she came up and gave me a banana one time. I was like, thanks, this sucks. But, um, (laughs) like, feed me some real food. What kind of nuns are they? Um, But, uh, (laughs) maybe they were just eating like chicken canned noodles. I don't know. But, uh Yeah, and then uh, and then it was nineteen ninety seven was coming up the China takeover, so our whole family immigrated to um, Seattle, but not to Seattle, Seattle, but to like the boonies, you know, like a little town called Bothell, outside of Seattle. And uh, and uh, that's when my whole family just like went boom uh, explosion. Um, I got sick. I got sick. I got sick. My mom got sick. My dad got sick. Everyone got sick. <laughs> yeah. So, like, sick like um, what? Uh, like, they both had cancer, and I had an autoimmune disease, and my blood st- started dropping. And <gasps> um, I had nine packs of mm. blood transfusion, and yeah, it was like out of nowhere. And my mom thought, "Oh, because you went to the Splash Mountain in Disneyland and you got scared, and your your spirit jumped out of your body. That's why, that's why your your blood started dropping and your body start attacking itself. Like my face turned into orange, like like a carrot, like really, like it was like orange. Oh, they they thought I had um, ulcer or blood cancer. So I remember them wheeling me." wheeling me into the fred hutchinson uh, cancer center or whatever in seattle with like oxygen um so you know normal women they should have like a 36 blood count i had mm-hmm. like an 11 11, <gasps> 11 blood count yeah when i went in so they thought i was dying um that was not fun and then um and then my my dad my dad had cancer nasal cancer he didn't smoke or drink but i don't know maybe it's the the that's such I, a
1: weird cancer yeah Menzel cancer
2: but it's very common in hong kong i think Is maybe it? maybe the, the pollution yeah and um he he was supposed to go blind and deaf but he just got a little bit more nearsighted and kind of a little bit deaf in one ear <laughs> so he <laughs> he talks really loud and plays really loud music at the house but um and then my mom got sick so i got better and then my mom had breast cancer and then she was like, peace out. And then she she moved away. I, I, I drove her from Seattle to San Diego. And that's, you know, that's how I kind of ended up in San Diego in a way. Um, well, I also ran away from home when I was 19. So I don't know. Maybe that doesn't count. You, I was 19. But in in, in Hong Kong, that's a big deal because you don't leave till you get married, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, I ran away from home to San Diego cuz my brother ran away from home that's how much we hated seattle like everybody ran away to san diego where their son and then uh i ended up in san diego my mom was getting treatment in san diego um at this place called optimum health institute like where they get like coffee uh i don't know um colonics you know um uh, is that call- place in lemon grove yes have you been yes. there linda i
1: i had a friend who was there yeah so i had oh, I, I went there w- to visit her
2: oh did it work out for her
1: it worked out great for her
2: oh good yeah because yeah. they cured cancer and she made me go there too because she was like you took steroids so you you need to detox so <laughs> i i detoxed i did the watermelon fast and then it was like the wheatgrass and everything was raw and uh did colonics and then um yeah and then uh I feel like I'm just talking.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, so uh, it's fascinating because the fact that you've gone through, I mean, people looking or listening to the story it's like, oh, my gosh, you've gone through all this sickness. But through the underlying of you telling the story, you're kind of laughing and you're bringing, bringing in this humor. Why is that? Is that something early on you used to do to kind of mask what you've been going through? Like, let's take a deep dive.
1: Yeah, I, I want to know how you found comedy as your outlet.
2: Well, um, so when I was back, so when all that was going on, I was a really happy kid when I was younger and then I moved to Bothell, and then I became really introverted because uh, people made fun of me the way I spoke English with the British Chinese accent. So I w- I became really quiet and I didn't talk much. I was actually really fell into deep depression. And then after I got sick, I couldn't, I couldn't really do much. I was really tired all the time. I stopped playing piano, stopped painting. Like I was just always fatigued. because that's I was I also had a hypo hypothyroidism. So it was like wow. no blood. And then my my, my goiter and my, my neck looked like an Adam's apple. So I was just like really depressed. Uh, there was all these hives all over me all the time, swollen face. You know, I couldn't go to school. And uh, and then uh, I, so I, I started doing theater because I always liked to act. And then I, I did some sketch comedy. But I think I always had timing because I, I, I played piano and uh, sang. So I think people that are musically inclined they have a good rhythm like with comedy so i i started doing sketch and then um, I, I didn't really start doing comedy like as a stand-up till after i gave birth to my son because i needed another challenge so before that <laughs> I, I did all the one woman show stuff that i did a show called second chances i played like 20 different characters and i I I pretty much my coming of age, my immigrant self healing story. But that one, I mean, there is like a roller coaster ride. There's, you know, happy moments and sad moments. But uh, I it, I wasn't masking it much at all. <laughs> I was like really introverted, and um, and then uh, acting was like my outlet. But um, after I moved to to L. A., that's when I started doing stand up. And then I was like, well, what do I want to talk about? Of course, all the horrible terrifying trauma that I had (laughs) growing up um, with my family being sick and everything. Um, And then I just learned to make fun of it. Like all the crazy stuff that my mom says to me, I'm sure, I don't know, Linda or who, you you know, your parents, I mean, we're Asians, So my mom and my dad both said a lot of really, really harsh things to me, you know, even about Mm -hmm. me being an actor or trying to go back to Hong Kong or, you know, I, my dad has passed now, but, I mean, if he found out that I was doing stand-up, he was, he's going to be like, why don't you just sit down, you know? <laughs> <You're>, nothing, <laughs> nothing you say is funny, girl. <laughs> just shut up. Like, you, you're old. What are you going to do with that, <laughs> you know? But, um, you know, with stand-up, you just have to really be you. You can't act. You can't pretend. It's not even, like, sketch or improv or TikTok or Instagram sketch, you know? Like, you really just you're there. You have to be honest and truthful so the more honest i am about where i come from and i like to talk about my life like for my stand-up so i just i just learned to really find the punchlines, you know make fun of it you know and, and it kind of it's therapeutic in a way you know and and people like laughing at your pain you know <laughs> it's true it's so true But
1: speaking of honesty, I I have to come clean about something. And I I owe you an apology, Kiki, because um, I think it was last year or it was definitely during the pandemic. You reached out and asked if I wanted to do one of your shows. And I I said yes, and then I fell off the radar. And I just want to apologize for that because I was just going through some things with my son um oh
2: no worries (laughs) I don't even remember what show was that
1: girl I don't even know either I don't remember (sighs) either but all I remember was feeling terrible about it because the show came and went and like I was just in such a deep thing with my kid um so I ended up you know he he broke out into a rash and it ended up being that I gave him um a, a a a yeast infection
2: oh and
1: yeah a yeast infection eczema and food allergies oh that sucks it I mean his face was just looking like he was beat up all the time and it was just terrible 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 timing but um at any rate how old is is your son he is um he will be two but about that time he was probably um he was like six, nine, ten, I don't know how many months he was, but it was like right during the pandemic and when it started. So um, under a year for sure.
2: Oh, um, yeah. My son would get all that stuff very easily, too. Like I nursed him for almost two years. So yeah, me too. I, I totally see how. Yeah, it's tough. Like, yeah, he had one one or two shots and then his whole face got swollen, limbs, his We had to go to the ER. It's just crazy when the baby is so small, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, it's okay, Linda. I just wanted to clear
1: the air about that because I I was feeling real bad
2: about it. Oh, no. um,
0: It's okay, Linda, because I covered for you because also (laughs) Kiki asked me to be on her show. And then I did one show during the pandemic. I sung horribly and she never invited me back. So we're good. (laughs) We're good.
2: Okay, great.
0: Awesome. So so it's all good. You're You're in the
1: bomb.com. Thank you so
2: much. I got you. I got you. We're doing a crazy location show at the Laugh Factory on August 18th. You guys can, you do a spa and hula, you can sing a song again.
0: (laughs) No, you do not. You don't remember the last time. It was horrendous. No, but here's the thing, (laughs) Kiki, and and I, I really admire you and your story right now, because me, you know, as you mentioned, you know, as you're Asians, you, your parents look at you and you have to follow that quote unquote model minority. You have to be, you know, doing something like an engineer, or a doctor, a nurse, instead of doing something creative. And you did it anyways. And the mm-hmm. fact is, is that it, it just inspires, I know somebody listening right now is probably inspired by you because um, you stuck to your guns, and you're like, "No, I'm gonna do this comedy thing." I mean, you—I've seen some of your your shows, and oh my gosh, you are hilarious! So I Aww, appreciate you yes. for that because even when I did radio, I, you know, would talk about my my Filipino side, and I would talk with a Filipino accent and be like, "Oh, you know, I like my my rice and my, you know, on just try to be funny," and and that was. Somewhat contained because of radio, but as a comedian, it's, you have to be even more out there and more, you know, just honest with people. So I appreciate and admire you.
2: Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's been hard, like, uh, uh you know, cause like it's trial and error. I mean, Linda, you do stand up, you know, you, you sometimes... You say the most personal things, but you, you also have to be comfortable saying it. Like now, I'm talking about my black husband, my black ex-gay husband. You know, and that took me a long time to talk about it. I didn't even, I don't even think I processed it completely, like you know. But um, now wait, I talk about. I, <laughs> wait, what? Is this a true story? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so I was married for two and a half years, and for like um, five five years we were together so after college um that's when i met him and then we we lived in hong kong and i was working there for a while and then we came back and then was like we're gonna just break up or we're gonna get married because you know it's been five years and then we were like mm-hmm. okay get married and then and then there was just signs and then you know when we finally got di- divorced, separated, everybody's like, yeah, we knew he was gay. But I mean, he didn't come out yet. So, but, but I, there are so many facts, you know, like he collected Barbies. He designed women. Oh, wait a- n- Hold on. <laughs> right? Wait like-
1: a minute. <laughs> Ke- no, 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 no. Kiki. Ke- Ke- no, 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 no. So these, you knew this during the five years that you guys were dating I, and it never, think, it never think- occurred
2: to you that he could be gay. I don't think he broke them out to the Barbies in the top <laughs> corner of his closet until, like... I think after we were married or, like, right before we were... In, I mean, I was living with him with his family um, for, like, a few years before that. And he said it like this, like, oh, these worth a lot of money. It's collector's item. So I never thought about it. But then, like, now... And then he used to go to all these coffee dates with his guy friends. And, like, I don't know any guy that just goes on coffee dates to chat and talk that's why he was so such a good listener you know he never tried to have oh, yeah. sex with then me he's
1: definitely definitely gay
2: he never tried to have sex with me you know and I, I was going through that phase where I was like that I don't want people trying you know anyone that I'm dating I was like I was like becoming a born-again virgin you know like I was getting <laughs> deep into my bible we were like you know both getting really spiritual and you know, I was like, okay, let's just stop. And then it was, like, even worse after we got married. And then and I look back, I was like, yeah, every time we went to Broadway where all the, the gay people are, they all knew him, said hi to him. But I never – I just thought – well, he told me he used to hang out at the gay clubs and, and he would get all his friends in because the older gay guys would, like, buy him drinks. And then I didn't think about I just thought, oh, okay,
1: He's just he, very friendly. He was yeah, just very gay friendly.
2: Cause he was jealous when I was the guy I was dating before, he like hated him. And I just thought but then that guy thought he was gay too. So that guy was like, <laughs> yeah, go hang out with him. So now it's like five years after I it's all clear to me now. And then, you know, he would call me Frank. So what? Like, what? He called me Frank. Like, but that's because our favorite movie was Scarface. So we were I thought, but then he 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 just messaged me a month ago. And called me Frank. Hey Frank, my brother is getting married, and I was like, Hey, when are you gonna come out? You know, but, <laughs> but I didn't want to say nothing. But I mean, he'll never. His mom. His mom is a devout Catholic too. You know. I think. I think maybe. It's, oh yeah, I, yeah. And he's, he's
1: definitely yeah. He's waiting for his mom to die to come out. That's. Oh. The-
2: <laughs> (laughs) And because I, I mean, I wanted to confront. I think I confronted. He's like no, but then I asked my other gay friend, and he was like, "Yeah, don't confront him like that, you know." But then I'm like, "Well, I'm confronting him by telling it all during my set, you know, to the whole world." So I'm sure someday he can hear it, and uh, you know, I, I mean, he's still alone he he's not remarried or anything so i mean that's kind of weird and he he does he is a great listener i I mean gosh we were really emotionally connected like (laughs) but but that's about it you know like he would listen to all my feelings and my thoughts it's very different from other guys you know that was very refreshing (laughs) like my husband now it's it's hard to have him listen you know he'll start yawning you know like i don't know maybe Hula, you're a good listener (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm sorry i'm too busy yawning right now i didn't understand what you're hey, saying see no, I'm exactly kidding. i'm just playing i'm well so then what you know doing all this comedy and 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 talking about your life what led you to start crazy woke asians
2: you took the words right out of my mouth uh-huh. there it
0: is Boom. um
2: yeah i was doing a lot of theater and like i was i was doing what we, i was doing some industrial stuff in san Diego and i you know with asian voices i was a segment co-host and um. That was fun. But then I kept driving to LA every week for auditions and it just got so tiring. And then eventually I'm like, I-, I need to move up there or here and or else it's like, I just keep doing this and I don't feel like I'm taking my career to another level. So I, I started, um, after I gave birth to my son, I was like, yeah, I I'm bored. I need to do something for me. <laughs> so I, I took this class. I remember, I remember I had to drive like two hours in traffic just to get there it was so far. And then, um, and then I did the showcase. And then after that, I just, I just, I liked it. I felt like, oh, this is easier than doing a one woman show. Cause I don't need, um, I don't need set or anything. I just need a microphone. So I was like, okay, I'll go to open mics. And I just kept going. And then I met, you know, a few other Asians. And then I was always the only Asian on the shows, you know? Or, 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 like, there's one other Asian girl. But most of the time, it's just I'm the only Asian. And I was like, why is there? There must be more Asians. Like, in San Diego, I didn't find enough Asian actors either, you know? Like, I, I was like, where are the Asians? Like, where are they? I don't... I, I did the San Diego Fringe Festival. That year, my show was the only Asian show, I think. Yeah, I was like, where are the Asians? Come on. So, in LA, I started <laughs> meeting them. And I was like, there. Like why? And then those comedians are like yeah. Sometimes the the bookers they think that we all say the same stuff, so they don't want to book multiple Asians, you know, because we all look alike, uh, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I'm gonna change that. So you know, I have all this uh, theater experience that I used to produce shows in Seattle too, and so I was like, oh, this is a no brainer. I just I just book the people that I I like and they're funny. Then uh, there's no rehearsals. I just need a space. So we we got a space in the Koreatown and then it sold out. And then I was like, Oh, that's nice. And then I moved it to a bigger venue, sold out again, and then got into the comedy store, sold out every time. And then I was like, okay, maybe this is meant to be, you know, cause I was doing theater for a while in San Diego. I was trying to, you know, do theater. And I was like, oh, now I kind of wish I started earlier, but you know what? That's the journey, right? Cause mm-hmm. um, people are like how do you produce the stuff so well, like, and I'm like, because I failed for a long time. <laughs> like, you know, it took me, I was producing for what, 10, 15 years before I, you know. And that that's hardcore when you do theater, you know. You have director, you have stage manager, you have crew, you have a whole month's schedule. You know, doing comedy shows is easy. You just have to, <laughs> It's it, it really is. There's no rehearsal. Yeah, you just yeah. get a, and people are good or, they, you know, I just, when I used to host, I keep the energy up it's hard to find a good host, you know, like sometimes, yeah. And I, I, I try not to host my shows anymore so I can focus on doing my set.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: cause I, you know, I have to split brain, you know? <laughs> so, but it's hard to find a good host that can like sustain the whole show and keep it up, you know, to keep the, the audience energy up. So that's the challenge, but yeah. And then now here we are. <laughs> here we are.
1: I, so, you know, you were talking about like all all the pain and and things that that you came up with, and then you turned to comedy. How for me? So I have a lot of that shit too. So, um, <laughs> and I'm in the process of you know like I've I've processed a lot of that, and I can actually talk a lot about it on stage. But my my curiosity is is this is that um, I wonder can you talk a little bit about your own process like how do you do you write it out first do you just yeah talk do, what's what's your what's your comedy process well
2: i usually just talk and then something's funny and uh, while i'm talking to my husband or i'm just talking his ears off and i'll be like oh that is funny and then um uh, and then he'll be he'll be like, oh, that's not funny. I'm like, no, you're a joke killer. <laughs> and then I'll be like, I'm just starting. <laughs> and then and then I'll type it out. I'll type it out. And then and then I'll I don't try to do verbatim anymore because um you know when I first started I was like this is a monologue let me do this theater thing and it was just too much like mm-hmm. I I got too much in my head and I was too worried about how it come out. So now I, I have like bullet points, things that I I want to say, and then my mind just automatically kind of goes to the punch. Cause the more you write, the more you do it, you get up. Mm-hmm. Then your mind just and it's clearer the way I write. It's helped me a lot as a writer. Like I, I think clearer, I have to write clearer, and it just it's just minimize the words you need, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the more you go up, the more you, you play. Sometimes, like I've been doing I think five years now and then so when I go up before I have a certain certain order of my set but lately I just like okay whatever I kind of watch the room and I see what's what's working like this if someone brings up like dating or marriage or like a black guy then I'll be like oh maybe (laughs) maybe I should just go with my black gay husband joke right away and then I'll I'll go back and I'll go back to my son joke and then it kind of just works even better sometimes So I'm not, like, stuck with, like, oh, this is my set. Because then it's boring for me. If I go up, like, every night, then Mm -hmm. people can feel. Because you get stale. So, Mm -hmm. and it actually kind of... Once you do it long enough, I feel like you kind of know how to do a callback, too. You know, where you bring a subject, and then at the end, you bring the the subject back. And, um, yeah, I'm just trying to have more fun with it. And then I have so many notes on my iPhone. Like, everywhere I go, like, especially in the bathroom when I'm showering... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's my only mommy me time. And my son... Oh, you girl, know. talk about that. Exactly. Try to bang on the door. Um How old is your son now? He's five. He's almost six. But... He's on me like white on rice. Like Yeah, is... that doesn't it doesn't sound
1: like it gets any better because no. my son my son is no. like from the moment he wakes up to the moment he falls asleep, it's mommy, mommy, mommy. Exactly. Mommy, mommy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, it doesn't, it, doesn't get better because better.
0: my girls are eight and six and they're constantly like mommy, mommy, and I'm like, Yes, Aww. bye. See you later. <laughs> yeah. So no, it won't go away. Sorry, ladies.
2: Oh, Dads I'm always just... have
1: it easier. Right, I'm just like, shut up, stop
2: saying my name. Like, what is it? What do you want from me? Like, uh, it's just. But you know, they they're gonna be gone by the time. I feel like my son's such an extrovert. He'll be like, bye, mom. Like 13, he'll be like, I'm busy. I got my own life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so he still sleeps with me, and then I move him to his own bed. Like when he falls asleep, so it's a whole process to just sleep every night. Like I have to put him to sleep together, and then. When he really is a little bit snoring, then I put him in his own bed. I have to move him.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I don't have that problem. My yeah. kid is in his bed, and he'll fall asleep, and he'll sleep from, like, 6 to 6. So wow. we're good really lucky in that department. But, oh, good um, for you. Oh, yeah, but I'm still tired, girl, because I wake up every morning, and I'm just like, I can't, I, I got to do this again.
2: <laughs> yeah, I right. There's no vacation. Again. Can we just take some time off? That's why when we're on stage, I'm always like, "This is my mommy me time." Okay, yes. five minutes, ten minutes. Yes, yes. You know, just something for yourself, and it makes me a nicer person most of the time. You know, most of the time. Not really. I'm but- still, <laughs> I'm still
1: hangry and angry at the world because. I- I I still have like I just had dinner and I didn't have breakfast or lunch. Oh, yeah. I was like in the that's all I've been doing is feeding him all day long.
2: Oh, yeah. I didn't eat. I I got a couple eggs right now. My husband just made me something. I haven't eaten. I don't know what I had some dried mango and water today. Like I Mm. was feeding him from the moment I woke up. (laughs) Like yes. I made him bread, he made he made crumbs all over the couch because I had oh, a girl. rehearsal. I come out, everywhere is messy. Toys are everywhere. I'm like, can't you just clean up after yourself? You're almost six, but of course, is no. You know, like oh oh. Mm-hmm. Oh my No, God. we 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 make
1: we make our kid clean up after himself. Oh.
2: Yeah, and he's so only I... two, but
1: oh, good. And it it works. It works. We're like, we ain't going anywhere. We ain't doing nothing. You are not getting your grapes till you pick up that ball <gasps> and put it in the basket. Cause yeah. do you want grapes? Yes.
2: Yeah. So- yeah, I hate that I have to bribe him. <laughs> uh, oh yeah,
1: bribery works. It, it they they're like outwardly motivated, and they're always motivated by food.
0: I hate to yeah. be the bearer of bad news, but it doesn't work, yes. ladies, because my wife is constantly still telling me to clean up, and I'm not
2: even. <laughs> right? Like, sorry. I know, because. We don't I listen. Yes, we don't. boys don't listen. We and don't. I'm like. I have to raise my voice. I'm like, why do I have to? I, I asked know. you five times nicely. You don't do it. When I when I raise my voice when, and I take away TV and ice cream, <laughs> then you do it? Like, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to keep doing this every day? I'm so tired of it.
1: So I'm doing this thing with my kid right now where I'm like, I'll, I'll just count. I'll start counting. I'll go one. Yep. And like, he doesn't even know like what... To- the thing is but he gets real nervous and like jumpy and he'll like straighten up you know like he'll be like okay oh and then he'll run to me and be like now so um it's really really cute but at the same time I'm like god I don't I don't want to I don't want to be the parent that does this but
0: yeah I'm doing everything
1: if if it works
0: yes so real quick um Kiki can you tell me about sweet and sour chicks Oh, oh yes
2: Oh yeah! Talk we're, about that. <laughs> we're we're actually we got into the Las Vegas Asian Film Awards, so we're they're gonna screen <gasps> screen the short. It, it's actually like a series. Um, the producers were trying to pitch it to Quibi, but then they closed down. So that's why I made like ten minute episodes. But then I was like, most festivals, you know, they don't really have the the what do you call it, the series um, category. You know, most of them, they have short category. So I we edited another version, which is like 15 minutes, and then um, we got into the Vegas Asian Film Awards. It's screening end of July, so I'm excited about that. And um, we, we're waiting for a few other festivals, and then we'll see what happens. Um, but it's about a single mom slash stand-up comedian and her... Um and her friends, and um, I, I was just, I was just, like, really in love with sex in the city, and but then you never see, like, an Asian, I mean, I saw Lucy Liu as Lucy Liu, and Margaret mm-hmm. Cho as, like, you know, a fashion designer, or whatever, but, mm-hmm. uh, and then, like, that Thai maid, but, uh, you know, and they never dated an Asian, I don't think, really, but, I mean, I, I just always wanted to show, I, I don't really see any, I mean even the shows now, I only see the the Asian girl as the sidekick. Like I've watched so many like Emily in Paris. Like my friends are like, Oh yeah, there's an Asian girl. She's good, but I, I don't really they don't really flush out their life, you know? They're like right. a sidekick. They're like there mm-hmm. to cheer the white girl on, you know? Like I'm tired of that. So I just Well, there I is a show that I
0: do enjoy, which I love which one is um uh, Aquafina's new show. Have you oh. seen it? It's called, um, Nora from, from...
2: yes, great.
0: It's a great show. So yeah, it's starting to come up though. I think she's doing really good for the Asian community.
1: Yes. Yes. We love her. Yes. But, um, Hey Kiki, we're, we're at the top of our time together, but I wanted to ask you about your tour and, um, and then tell us a little bit about crazy woke Asians and when we can catch you in August here in San Diego. Okay.
2: Oh, yeah, August 18th. Um, we're going to be at the Laugh Factory, the brand-new Laugh Factory yes. in Gaslam at the Keating Hotel. It's mm-hmm. 8 o'clock, and uh, ACMA is our community partner. So, um, yeah, it's at 8 o'clock. It's on a Wednesday night, so it's going to be fun. We have uh, Justin Rivera from America's Got Talent. He's going to do a little magical comedy. Ron Josso from Just for Laughs. He's like on Kevin Hart's LOL Network um Ch- cherry cola from uh, uh freeforms good trouble she's on tv and then irene too she's great she's in like sketch fest comedy central and then uh who else sammy ken too he's local he's done a few shows with us so he he's been like when are you guys coming back so i'm excited to have him he's mexican and chinese i think um and then also george wang um he's like I blew up on george. tiktok yeah, he's great. Blew up on TikTok. Um, yeah, he's super excited. He's like, I'm going to get a room and just chill in San Diego for the night. Can't wait to go. <laughs> and then, uh, who else do I have on the... Oh, Dante Chang. He's hilarious. Um, he's from the Improv. Uh, who's the last? Oh, Andy. Andy Van's going to be... Um... He actually got started doing his first stand-up at the Comedy Palace. That was the first time he did the Crazy Woke Agents show. And then oh, he nice. won the... He won the comedy contest, so he's gonna he's gonna be hosting it. It'll be great. Um, and then we're going to Vegas end of August at the Notoriety in Fremont. You guys should come out. It's gonna be fun. The the place is great. The venue is huge. We're gonna have a live taping uh, okay. of the show there. And then September we're going to New York. We have three shows: two in the, one on the East Side, one in Brooklyn, and one Upper West Side. And then and then we're going to Seattle, back to where I came from. Um, in October um, three shows there as well and then um, at the I think I think two of them at Theatre of Jackson it's near Chinatown the international district so and then November we have the solo performance festival where we partner with NBC and that's when we you know showcase like 50 60 comedians and they do like one person show or stand-up their stand-up special they just workshopping their stuff so that's going to be like four days. Four days of stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And then it'll be Christmas. And then bye-bye. Nice.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and that where sounds can we get amazing.
2: That, yeah, just, that
1: tour sounds amazing. So, Where can we follow you
0: with all of this oh. stuff? Yes. Oh, you,
2: yeah, you can follow at Crazy Gations, uh, me at Kiki, K-I-K-I, Funny Mama. And then you can go on the website, CrazyWogations.com has all the info if people want to submit to the solo festival we do like 15 to 15 minutes to 50 minutes set depending wow. on you know yeah so and we have three stages so there are three three theaters this year so and it's four days so we can get most most of the comedians in unless they're not funny you know most of them like you know we, we try <laughs> to get them so they can workshop their stand-up special you know Cause I feel like more of us are are here now, and you know, but but not enough of us in the main main rooms, you know. Like yeah. even in LA, you don't see enough unless they're on TV, you know. But like there are a lot of us. They're they're getting better and working hard, and I think we all deserve a chance. So 100%.
0: hopefully, this this will
2: help do that. Agreed. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I really wish this was an hour long show because I could sit here and just listen to both of you talk and make me laugh and let me yawn i mean i i love it i i <laughs> wish we could do this more but of course um we want you back can you come back and join us another time kiki
2: yeah sure of course
0: perfect well thank you so much for joining the show today to learn more about today's show please visit asianvoicesradio.com also be sure to subscribe as well as follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and until next week i'm hula ramos on behalf of my co-host the amazing beautiful wonderful linda schwartz thank you girl You bet. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thanks for having me. We thank you for
0: listening. Thank you. And please join us next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Voices radio show. Take care. Until next time.